Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Caroline. And I'm Danielle. And today we are doing a spooky podcast. Uh, This is, I believe this is airing on Halloween. Yeah. So happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. If you are a Halloween celebrator, we are in good company. I am, this is probably my favorite holiday next to Christmas. Um, I don't know, whenever anybody asks that question, I'm like, well, I love Halloween and I love Christmas. They're kind of tied (laughs) for different reasons. Like, I love, I'm a big gift giver, so I love giving gifts. But I love spooky. I love scary movies. I love the whole vibe of Halloween. I love decorating. So they're, they're my favorites for different reasons. But also, I would say, if you're not a big Halloween celebrator, you're still in good company. Yes! I don't hate Halloween. I definitely will do Halloween stuff, but I'm not a decorator. I'm not, uh, like, spooky. I don't not like spooky. I do, like, the occasional scary movie, but it's, like, not my jam. I scare really easy, so it's not fun for me. I'm like, ugh, I don't like it. Yeah, it only took a wee little bit of convincing (laughs) to get you to do this podcast. Um... Yeah, I mean, because spooky's not everybody's thing. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, But I'm glad that I did it still. So even if it's not your thing, it's still fun to dip your toe in. Yes. And I think there are good books out there that are eerie. Mm -hmm. I always use that word because I feel like it's different from scary. Like, scary is, you know, like jumping out of your seat, screaming, like thinking about it for nights on end. But eerie is just like, ooh, that's a little uncomfy. Yeah. And so there are good ones out there that are eerie. but. Mine are straight up, well, no, I'm not going to say mine are straight up scary. One of mine is straight up scary. <laughs> the other is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's more like eerie sci-fi. Okay. So, if you're into that, stick around, all because right. it's not all scary. It's not. Yes. I did, um, one of mine was a, a kid's book. Uh, one of mine is a classic, and one of mine is one that just was published in 2022. Ooh, a new spooky. I know. I just kind of like, since it's new for me, I just kind of explored the genre of horror in general. Oh, I love that for you. Fun. All right. Well, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Fun. Um, So I guess I said one of them is a classic. I think two of the three that I did were classics. But the first one that I read, which is more of like a kid's book, was um, Sleepy Hollow. So the Headless Horseman. Like I knew the story and I've seen different adaptations of it but I'd never actually read it so I wanted to see what that was about um I didn't realize it was a kid's book so when I had downloaded it because I got the ebook I was like where's where's the rest of it like is this this is it this is it like okay like how do people get a whole movie out of out of this but they managed they did (laughs) um multiple times yes but uh, so I did read that one. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the um, with the story of the Headless Horseman, um, it is about Ichabod Crane, and he's in the little town of Sleepy Hollow. And there's the legend of the Headless Horseman, um, and so that's that's kind of what the the story surrounds is this legend. And um, Ichabod Crane is in love with this woman, and so is his nemesis his rival yeah, like a foe um and i don't i don't want to spoil the ending but you do you do get a glimpse of the headless horseman and i will say if you haven't read it the ending took me by surprise i i was kind of like i had to reread it a second time i was like wait a minute wait what happened wait really is that 
that's where we're stopping with this? Like, that's it? It so, does end kind of abruptly. Yeah, well, and kind of like a cliffhanger, because it's still kind of a mystery. You don't really know. It's one of those books where the ending is kind of open to interpretation. Like, you can think whatever you want about the ending. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. I love The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's um, Sleepy Hollow is in New York, so I've always Ooh. meant to go, but it's not, like, near my hometown. So it's okay. somewhere that, like, maybe on one of the next few times that I go back to visit, maybe I'll plan in, like, a day trip to go to Sleepy Hollow. You want to go at nighttime? Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, oh, I oh. see. Yes. Day trip is misleading. <laughs> a night trip to end up there at night. Yeah. 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 Okay. And hopefully during like saying. a Halloween-y <laughs> time of year. Um, because it's just... That's... Oh, I, I wonder if they decorate during Halloween. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I've never been, so I can't say for certain, but I'm pretty sure that they decorate. I know that like... Um, there's a city or like a town in Portland, Oregon that decorates like Halloween town. Cause their, oh, um, cool. I think it was their town hall was the set piece for Halloween town. So they decorate, um, Salem of course always decorates mm-hmm. and they do a big thing for like, um, Hocus Pocus, That's cool. which is fun. Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine Sleepy Hollow probably leans into it pretty heavy. If they don't and you're from Sleepy Hollow, lean in, do it, do it. <laughs> yeah. I, that would be really fun. Yeah. That's like top of my bucket list especially since one of my favorite adaptations of, of sleepy hollow is uh the ichabod and mr toad <laughs> if you've never watched the adventures of ichabod and mr toad there is a short like a clip within yes. there about sleepy hollow it's yeah. about ichabod crane so that's one of my favorites and it's it's just goofy but i love it yeah oh fun that's a good one to kick it off on yeah. uh we're gonna go right from like classic fun Halloween to like scary. Okay. Um, my first one is called Nosferatu by Joe Hill. Um, it's spelled kind of funny. So if you go into our catalog and you're looking for it, it's N O S four, the number four, A two. So N O S four A two. If you think of it like a license plate, that's how it's set in the book. It's like a vanity plate. Um, so that's how you would look it up in the catalog, but it's, um, written by Joe Hill, who's the son of Stephen King. So naturally, if you are like a horror fan or a Stephen King fan, this is somebody you're probably aware of, but if you're not, Joe Hill is a very, very good author, um, cut from the same cloth or not falling far from the tree. Yes. Um, I can imagine. He also, he wrote, um, Black Phone. So that, like, that just came out as a movie pretty recently. So if you're interested, if you liked that movie, definitely check out Joe Hill's work. Um, it's been a while since I've read the book, so I'm going to read the description from, from Goodreads. Um, I just know I loved it, but it's been a minute, so I don't want to give too much away. I can't, like, remember at this point what would be a spoiler and what wouldn't. But the Goodreads description is Victoria McQueen has a secret gift for finding things, a misplaced bracelet, a missing photograph, answers to unanswerable questions. On her rally tough burner bike, she makes her way to a rickety covered bridge that within moments takes her wherever she wants to go, whether it's across Massachusetts or across the country. Charles Talent Manx has a way with children. He likes to take them for rides in his 1938 Rolls-Royce Wraith with the Nosferatu vanity plate. With his old car, he can slip right out of the everyday world and onto the hidden roads that transport him to an astonishing and terrifying playground of amusements he calls Christmas Land. One day, Vic goes looking for trouble and finds Manx. That was lifetimes ago. Now Vic, the only kid to ever escape Christmas Land, is all grown up and desperate to forget. But Charlie Manx never stopped thinking about Victoria McQueen. And he's on the road again and picking up his newest passenger, Vic's son. 
it's okay. a good book. It is super creepy. Okay. Um, Joe Hill, like Stephen King, does a really good job of, like, describing things. So he really, like, immerses you okay. in the book and in, like, what's going on. So right off the bat, like, Charlie Manx is creepy. Like, you know he's creepy. Okay. You know he's somebody that, like, you would initially be kind of like oh he seems nice and then you'd be like oh he seems weird yeah um it's also a bit of a thriller so where it's where it's creepy and scary it's also like on the edge of your seat like wondering the whole time what's gonna happen like hoping that Vic gets her son back like trying to find out if she's gonna get closure and if it's just it's there's so much going on throughout the book um and it also is a book that kind of leaves you wondering at the end, like, was it all imagined? Was it real? Okay. Is Charlie Manx even real? Oh. Um, so it's really, really good. Um, and it also has a graphic novel prequel called Wraith, okay. um, which is all about Charlie Manx's car. Um, oh. Because throughout the book, the car is kind of personified and it has kind of its own, like, it almost has like its own ability to do things. So the graphic novel is really interesting and provides a little more context to like the book itself. Okay. So really creepy. Uh, it was one that I like, I downloaded as an audiobook and just whipped through it because okay. it's so good and it has a full cast. So you get like, Ooh, I like those. I do too. No matter what the book is, it's always good if it's a full cast. Um, so you get like Vic's voice, which is cool, but then you get Charlie Manx, which is like, really unsettling really creepy so i loved that book that is still one that i think i recommend when i talk about horror books um and i read that in 2017 and then it became a show um i want to say in 2018 like not too long after i read the book okay i have not seen the show but I, i almost feel like i got enough out of the out of the book that i didn't need to watch the show and the show is the same title, Nosferatu? Yep, spelled okay. the same way, too, like the like the plate would be. Um, it came out in 2019. It had two seasons on Hulu, um, and I believe we have Ooh. both seasons here at the library. So if you read the book or you've read the book and you really liked it, definitely check out the show. I Like I said, I have not watched it because the book was so creepy when it initially came out. I was like, whoa, Nosferatu's a show? Wow, I don't think I need to see it. Yeah. I don't think I, don't think I need to watch it. I don't think I need to see that come to life. So... Very, very good, but definitely, like, creepy and unsettling. Okay. I mean, that kind of sounds like something I would want to read, and I'm not, like, a huge horror fan, but I like thriller. Yes. I may not be huge on horror, but thriller I do like. Definitely a good thriller. Okay. Kind of white-knuckling it the whole time you're reading it. All right. And I do like, again, uh, for audiobooks, um, full casts. Yeah. That just really does wonders for the story. I think so, too, and I don't know if... I mean, it, it must cost more money to do a full cast Probably. production of an audiobook, but, like, totally worth the money. I've worth never read... It. Yeah, 100% worth it. I don't think I've ever listened to an audiobook that had a full cast that I was like, this could have just been one person. Yeah. No. No. Worth it. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So if you're an audiobook publisher, keep it up. Yeah. Keep doing that. Do we it. love it. Do it. Do it. Do it more. Do it more. <laughs> it's not done enough. <laughs> um, going from kind of creepy to creepy... Um, the next book that I read, so I said it was a classic, um, is Rosemary's Baby um, by Ira Levin. And this is one that I, I had heard of. I knew of the title. I had no idea what it was about. Sure. I had never seen the movie. Um, and 
when I was trying to figure out what books to read, I did a lot of Googling for like classic horror books that are recommended. Um, and this one came up on, I think, every single list. Hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so this was one that I did the audiobook as well. Um, and it wasn't a production, like a whole cast, but it was narrated by Mia Farrow, which Ooh. I think was a lot of fun. Um, especially because she, for the, if you've never seen the movie, she plays Rosemary in the movie Rosemary's Baby. So she was able to bring that character to life. That's really cool. Um, it was a lot of fun. So I was listening to it um, in the car. I mostly listened to it during the daytime because it, it was a little eerie. Um, and it just, like, I never really knew where it was going. And there were just certain things you'd read about that you're like, wait, what? Um, so let me back up. So for those of you who aren't familiar with it, like I was not familiar with it, Rosemary's Baby is about um, Rosemary and Guy Woodhouse. So they move into this apartment that has a really bad reputation. Like all of these horrible things have happened in this in this building. Um, and Rosemary gets sucked in by these neighbors who are toxic, but they're on the outside, they just seem really friendly, like they want what's best for you. Um, but there's just some undercurrent about them while you're reading it that you're like, I don't, I don't like them. Okay. And they're this older couple that you're like, grandma and grandpa, like how cute. Except they're kind of icky not. and there's something not right. Every time they come up in the book, it, I just got this feeling like there's something there. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. Um, they get her set up with this doctor once she gets pregnant, and I'm not going to spoil it. Um, definitely not recommended for, well, at least parental guidance is suggested. Um, the way she gets pregnant, they, they kind of explain that, and, okay. and, it, and it's, it's real uncomfortable. Okay. It's dark. Yeah. Um, it's pretty dark. So then um, this couple recommends a doctor. Um, and she's got all of these things while she's pregnant that just aren't right. Um, it gets to a point where she eats her meat raw. Oh. Because um, of her cravings for the baby. Uh, so kind of like with Sleepy Hollow that I read, the ending was just like, what? What is happening? And even with the ending of that one, I just felt like icky. Like it wasn't a bad ending. Yeah. But it wasn't a good ending. It, it didn't was just leave like you a, feeling comfortable. Yeah, it was super like, oh, like, oh. what? Okay. Oh, all right, I guess. Um, so I definitely recommend it. It's got that, like, it's definitely psychological twist. Um, got It's got the eerie, creepy um, tones that kind of go through it. And um, when I was, like, doing more research on it and reading about it, I saw that there's a sequel called the, the son of rosemary i think um yeah son of rosemary it's, again it's by ira levin this one didn't have great reviews on goodreads and i'm a big goodreads person like i trust the reviews they've never led me astray so far yeah um but basically the son of rosemary the son is all grown up and uh real influential but who actually is he? Like, there's some demonic things going on. Okay. And so that one, I imagine, has got, probably got those same creepy undertones that flow throughout the book. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely Rosemary's Baby, not heartwarming. Um, doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies. It was it was yeah. definitely psychological. Like, what? Okay. Mind blown. I love a psychological thriller. Yeah. Where, like, even you are kind of questioning, like, do I know what's going on mm-hmm. here? Am I okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I have not read Rosemary's Baby. I've seen most of the movie, um, so I know how it ends, but I should, I really should read the book. I, yeah, I mean, I imagine the movie's pretty close to it, but there's just something about reading it and, like, seeing it in your own head that I think just gives it a different kick. Yeah, and there's something about listening to an audiobook of a horror or, like, psychological thriller book that's, like, that extra level of unsettling. Like, mm-hmm. reading it on the page is one thing, but almost having it, like, piped into your brain yep. is, like, ooh, this is a little more personal yeah. than... I really thought it would be. Well, and then because it's Mia Farrow, like, when, you know, scenes get tense and Rosemary gets upset, she, like, really is performing. Oh, I love that. So it you really got that, like, the tension, like, oh, gosh, like, white-knuckling while I'm driving, like, oh, no, oh, no, what's going on, what's going on? Um, so she did a really great job with that production. So um, if you are, again, if you're an audiobook listener, I definitely recommend the audiobook. But I think reading it would be just as creepy. Nice. Very cool. Well, to shift a little bit in the direction of, like, eerie sci-fi, my second book was Odd Thomas by Dean Koontz. Have you ever read that one? I love... Okay, this is actually a controversial opinion. I... Have you seen the movie? I have. I liked the movie better than the book. Ooh. But I also am a big fan of Anton Yelchin, um, who plays Odd Thomas. Um... So maybe that, and I also saw the movie before I read the book, so okay. maybe that influences my my decision. Um, a little backstory on my history with Odd Thomas. Um, when I was, when I freshly graduated from college, I did the Disney College Program, and my roommate um, on the college program instantly was like, have you ever seen Odd Thomas? <laughs> like, probably one of the first <laughs> conversations we had, and I was like, no, what is that? And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm not even going to tell you, I'm just going to show it to you. Oh. And so we watched Odd Thomas together, and I was like, wait I love this this is so good that was like oddly one of our comfort movies like we would turn to that every time we were like what do we watch I don't know kind of bored let's watch Odd Thomas so I have like a very like I don't know like loving connection to the movie um and then of course when I started working at the library that was one of the first books I picked up because I was like oh I love this movie so much I'm sure I'll love the book and I felt differently about the book than I did about the movie. So a little backstory. I'll read the description from Goodreads because again, it's been a a little while since I've read the book. Um, He's odd, odd Thomas to be precise. Genius fry cook at the Pico Mundo Grill, boyfriend to gorgeous Stormy Llewellyn, and possibly the only person with a chance of stopping one of the worst crimes in the bloody history of murder. Something evil has come to the desert town that odd and Stormy call home. It comes in the form of a mysterious man with a macabre appetite, a filing cabinet full of information on the world's worst killers and strange hyena-like shadows following him wherever he goes. Odd is worried. He knows things, sees things about the living, the dead, and the soon-to-be-dead. Things that he has to act on. Now he's terrified for Stormy, himself, and Pico Mundo. Because he knows that on Wednesday, not October, this is October, because he knows that on Wednesday, (laughs) August 15th, a savage, blood-soaked whirlwind of violence and murder will devastate the town. Today is August 14th, and Odd is far from sure he can stop the coming storm. So this is where the sci-fi sort of element comes in. Odd Thomas can see 
people who are dead or soon to be dead Mm -hmm. and they can kind of guide him toward helping like solve their murder or like stop a murder um so we're introduced to odd in that way in that he like is helping i don't think he's helping the police if i remember right he's more of like a vigilante they just they it's almost like spider-man they're like oh odd you're here again helping us like get a, don't you have a job like go do something but they don't dislike that he helps them because obviously he helps catch bad guys um but where it comes to like seeing the soon to be dead he starts to see things and piece things together about this like terrible tragedy that's going to take place literally the next day so he's like on this huge time crunch to figure out what and where and who and so it's i think this is probably where i liked the movie better than the book is that the movie's a little more fast paced yeah and there's an appropriate amount of tension leading up to this big mysterious thing that odd has been seeing where in the book i think dean Koontz does a little too much describing i think i even wrote in my goodreads description yeah the book doesn't really pick up until chapter 19 it's a lot of explanation and sidetrack stories in the beginning that i couldn't really get into it took me a long time to push past all of that and get to the good stuff um and i wrote in my goodreads review it might not help that i've seen the movie so i knew what the action was and i was waiting for it to begin um so i I like this book. And if you've never watched the movie, I highly recommend starting with the book. Yeah. Um, you know, like the way that librarians are supposed <laughs> to. But I recommend starting with the book and reading that and then watching the movie. And maybe you'll have a different opinion on it than I do. But I think I love the story. I love the idea of Odd yeah. Thomas and this like sci-fi fantasy sort of like, it almost feels and I think I started probably watching this around the same time that I read Odd Thomas. It feels a little like Stranger Things, like okay, this like sort of sci-fi. It's not necessarily scary, but it's mm-hmm. got eerie elements. Um, I don't know. I I'm interested to see what you thought because if you read the book and then watched the movie, you okay. probably have a different opinion than I do. Yeah, so I did. I read the book first. This was actually a book that one of my friends recommended to me. She was a huge or is she loves Dean Koontz, um, and. So this was my first introduction to Dean Koontz, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um, I did not know what was coming, so I thought the book moved fine. Um, I was really getting interested in getting to know, um, I was going to say Dean, not (laughs) Dean Koontz, Odd Thomas and his girlfriend and his life. And um, one of the things that sticks with me with the book, um, if you are a crier, um, have some tissues ready. Yeah, that's true. Um, at the end of the book, I remember I was at work, um, and this was before I worked at a library. I was sitting in the back of the office on my lunch break reading it, and I got towards the end of the book, and my boss comes over, and he's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Because I'm sobbing. <laughs> I was crying, and yeah. I was like, is the book? No. And he was just like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I was no, like, I am not. No, it's so, I wasn't ready. Like, I was so stricken. Um, so when I saw the movie, I was a bit more prepared. I was still shook, but I mean, I loved the supernatural part of it. Um, it had like a sixth sense vibe, Yes. um, which I thought was really fun. Um, my personal connection to the odd Thomas movie is it was filmed in Santa Fe, Albuquerque and Pecos, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I'm from New Mexico. So I grew up in Santa Fe and, um, 
Albuquerque and I've been to Pecos many times. So, you know, seeing places that I was familiar with in the filming, I was like, I've been there. And I think, maybe you remember, it's supposed to be set, like Pico Mundo, I think is either supposed to be New Mexico or Arizona. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But it's it's supposed to be like a small-ish like okay. western town, like desert okay. town. And I can't remember if, if they ever, I don't know if they ever say that it's supposed to be New Mexico or Arizona. But yeah, I can't remember. I think maybe having watched it, like at the time he was my boyfriend, but now my mm-hmm. husband, um, having watched it with him, he was like, oh, that's Arizona. And maybe that's, maybe it felt like that, yeah. but because it was filmed in New Mexico, it was yeah. just, it just like had that feeling yeah. of being the same, but... I don't remember. I'll have to, I'll have to see. Um, this, I just was looking at my Goodreads review and I have to read this to, to the pod, to the listener, uh, which also dear listener, this is a good lesson and read the book first, (laughs) even if it takes like time to read the book and then wait to see the movie, I guess read the book first. Mm. Cause yeah, I, you know, we have very different opinions on it, but we read them in opposite order. So I thought it was slow because I was, just constantly waiting right. for and because I didn't know what to expect I was okay with satisfied. The, the way the pacing of it it felt appropriate to get to know the characters yeah. and like the really to get into the story I think you might agree with me though on this I uh in my Goodreads review I wrote Koontz elaborates on some things unnecessarily while not elaborating enough on others at one point he details what Purell is you know hand sanitizer <laughs> he spends a whole paragraph on it meanwhile about a page later Odd finds a pix what is a pix? I didn't know until three paragraphs later when Koontz kind of explains that it's the little box a priest puts the Eucharist in. I couldn't for the life of me understand why a pretty common household cleaner was explained, but I almost had to throw in the towel and Google what a pix was. <laughs> I, yeah, I think fair. I spent so much time with this book that I was finally like, ah, this has, I have a lot of feelings, but overall a very fun story. Yes. And actually it's a series too. Mm-hmm. So if you're a series reader, um, I stopped at the first one, um, but if you're somebody who likes to read series, mm-hmm. Odd Thomas is a wonderful character yes. to get into. He's very, I don't want to say cute, but he is, he's kind of like a cute yeah. character. Yeah, um, he's endearing. Very endearing. Yeah, yeah, that's a better word for it. He's very endearing. He's supposed to be like this young guy who has this power that he's really not even... He knows how to use it, yeah. but he's not super comfortable with no. it. And he doesn't he's really like awkward. it. Yeah, he's definitely awkward. Yeah. He's kind of clumsy. He's odd. He's odd. Yeah, his name is very <laughs> fitting. So it's it's a very sweet character and a very good story. So if, if you're interested, if you like the kind of eerie but not scary, I definitely think Odd Thomas is a good place to start. Yeah. Agreed. So the last book I read, the one that was published in 2022, I just finished this book yesterday. And I have so many feels. Um, So this book is called Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. Um, It is, it's definitely horror um, and it's definitely supernatural. Mm. Um, It's got a lot of mystery in it and I'm a huge true crime fan. So it's like true crime-ish mystery. And so that sucked me in. Nice. Like I read this book pretty fast. the it was just it was a very weird dichotomy because I have a hard time reading more of that supernatural because in my head it doesn't play out right it plays out as kind of cheesy like I just don't I'm not doing it justice yeah yeah I like watching that kind of stuff on movies because the directors do it justice but in my head it just doesn't come out spooky or scary it's just weird and corny 
Um, so I had some of that in my head, but then I had this like mystery and I had this story development that I was like, I was in it. And so I wanted to know what was going to happen. Um, and then the supernatural just kept building and building and building. So as I'm getting to the end of the mystery, I'm also really ramping up in the supernatural. So Mm. it was just a really, it was a struggle. Sure. Because I both liked it and thought it was really cheesy. (laughs) Um, But so just like home, you follow um, Vera. She was raised in this house with her mother and father. Um, She leaves for, I think it was like 10 years um her father has passed since passed away and her mother is on her way to passing away so she comes home vera comes home to help with the house Mm. um there is a painter at the house who is staying as like a guest and he i guess he's he keeps saying he communes with the house oh okay um and there's like a haunted house element to it and again there's some true crime that happens no i don't want to spoil it because that's like a big part of the book but um, so while Vera's home, weird things are happening at the house. Um, almost like the house is haunted um, or the house is like, it's both attacking her and protecting her. Ooh. So the house is kind of like a personified house. Okay. Um, Vera has a lot of trauma that she's working through. Um, and then, you know, as you, you learn more and more about what's happening with the house, what had taken place in the house, like what made her leave in the first place, um, that's kind of the mystery part that was unraveling that I was like, oh my gosh, like what? Um, but then the supernatural ramps up and up and up and, and then you, you kind of, they meet, the two meet okay, and you're kind of like, that's a satisfying ending, but also that's weird. That's some weird supernatural going on. Um, I do recommend it, that being said. I thought it was a really great read. Like I said, I got through it really fast. I think I read it in just a couple days um, because the the suspense of it was enough to keep me going. Like, I just needed to know sure. what was happening. Um, and the ending, again, it's kind of... This one's not... I wouldn't say it's a psychological thriller, but the ending, again, is just not what you think, like... It's kind of dark. It's a twisted ending. Okay. Where it's like, ooh, ugh, I'm, I don't feel good about that. Yeah. But also, it fits. It's a very fitting ending. Okay. Even though it's a uneasy. dark, uneasy ending. Okay. So, I'm, I mean, if you like horror books, um, like, that's your jam, this was definitely a great one. Again, it was, it was just published, um, I think, in April of this year. So it's still pretty new. I don't know if you have or haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but um, I would I would recommend it. It sounds really good. Yeah. Is, did you watch Haunting of Hill House on Netflix? I'm gonna say no. You probably I feel like you'd remember if you had. Okay. It sounds a lot like Haunting of Hill House, where like the house similar in in that show and in the book too. It's a it's a book. Um, yeah, like there's a kind of a personification to the house. There's a lot of trauma tied to the house. Mm-hmm. It's definitely haunted. Like, that doesn't... Yeah. It's not even, like, a mystery whether or not that is. And so you're unpacking all of that at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can understand where, like, you're invested in one part, even if you're not totally invested yeah. in the other part. So that's nice. I yeah. like when... I'm, I am, like, a genre reader. Okay. Like, if I like 
a certain genre, I'll probably read just about anything in it. And supernatural sci-fi is one of those that I don't necessarily always get into. I have to find the right thing. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is really good. Yeah. So I feel like I'd be in the same boat as you where like the supernatural part might lose me just a little bit. And for me, it's not that I like make it too cheesy in my head. It's almost that I like can't picture it. Okay. Like if I don't have a frame of reference then I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. So that sounds very good though. Yeah. I recommend it. I liked it. And it's got a cool cover. It does. It on the cover, it's uh like a really comforting, cute pink cover. Um, and then it's got a picture of this house that's like blood red and it's dripping blood from the foundation of the house. Yeah, it's spooky. Yeah. It's almost like, look, it's it's a beautiful little house. And then you're like, oh no. Oh uh, blood. Oh it's leaking. It's leaking blood. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that sounds really good. I'm gonna have to try that one. My last one is actually a kid's book. Okay. But it was so good that I would say any age could enjoy it and for a number of reasons. It's called The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. I love The Graveyard Book. Um, I So I keep saying that I am reading the Goodreads descriptions because it's been so long. I think it's actually because I'm not very good at describing books. Because <laughs> it hasn't been that long since I've read this I one. Um, but the Goodreads description for this one is, Nobody Owens, known to his friends as Bod, is a perfectly normal boy. Well, he would be perfectly normal if he didn't live in a graveyard, being raised and educated by ghosts with a solitary guardian who belongs to neither the world of the living nor the world of the dead. There are dangers and adventures for Bod in the graveyard, the strange and terrible menace of the Sleer, a gravestone entrance to a desert that leads to the city of ghouls, friendship with a witch, and so much more. But it is in the land of the living that real danger lurks, for it is there that the man Jack lives, and he has already killed Bod's family. A deliciously dark masterwork by best-selling author Neil Gaiman with illustrations by award-winning Dave McKean. Um, so that is a fun part about the book just right off the bat is that interspersed throughout the text is really like very cool like black and white pictures. Um, I, I'm sure that they weren't done this way but they almost look like pencil drawings. They're just so like intricate and um, grayscale. It's They're very cool. Um, but this is a really good book I mean, obviously due in part to being written by Neil Gaiman because the book wouldn't be good if if he wasn't a good writer. (laughs) But um, Neil Gaiman also wrote Coraline, which I also really enjoy. And so when I picked this one up, I was like, I'm sure I'm going to like this because I like Neil Gaiman as an author. But I was, again, so impressed by Neil Gaiman and his writing because Mm -hmm. he writes books for kids that don't feel like books for kids. Yes. And part of what I said in my Goodreads review is that it's like so nuanced and has so much like emotion and layer um and i said that like it's spooky and mysterious but it's also very like full of heart and wit and humor um he game and i feel like like specializes in that humor that like teeters on the edge of being adult yeah where if you're a grown-up and you're reading the book you're like <laughs> i get it nice <laughs> one neil but if you're a kid, you'll probably still think it's funny, but not understand like the extra layer yeah. to it. Like it's not an appropriate humor, but it's enough that an adult would be like, "Huh, I get the extra, I, I get the there. extra little layer there." <laughs> um, it's it's such a good book. It starts off with Bod's family being murdered, so right off the bat, like that sounds super, great. I know, right? <laughs> right off the bat, super scary, super creepy. Um, and Bod's family as ghosts deliver Bod to. Um, a graveyard and ask that um, 
Mrs. Owens take care of Bod. So Bod is raised by ghosts and he's mm-hmm. taught by ghosts. And there are a lot of like really eclectic, very like funny characters. Um, like some that claim that they knew George Washington <laughs> and some that claim to be like Caesar's best friend, like just a really eclectic mix of people. And the book is kind of told in little vignettes Um, So each chapter is Bod like kind of going out and experiencing the world or learning something about the world through the eyes of ghosts Mm -hmm. who don't get to leave the graveyards so they don't know like the modern world. Um, And then the the vignettes all kind of tie in together to mount this like story and and kind of tie it all together at the end. Um, And I think that the ending is really good because it does tie all those vignettes together. You don't lose any of the little stories Mm -hmm. along the way and think like, well, what happened to this? What happened to that? Um, So it's just, it's really like masterfully done. And by the end, you're just so satisfied with the way that it wraps up and with the way that everything comes together. It's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. It's a good mystery. It's a good spooky book. It all takes place in like the graveyard and with ghouls and ghosts. So it's just like naturally is like kind of soaked in this spooky vibe. So I, I love it. I think that it's good for any age. Um, if you have kids who are kind of into horror books, that's a great one. Um, but if you, if you just like kind of creepy spooky books, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, so I, I have read that one. Um, but I have to be honest like how you said that when you have a genre that you really like, you kind of stick with it. Um, I read this book when I went on a Neil Gaiman kick. Okay. Um, so I literally, I read Stardust, Coraline, The Graveyard Book, Neverwhere, American Gods, like back to back to back oh to back. Oh my gosh. Um, so I remember pieces of The Graveyard Book. I remember very much that I liked it. Yeah. The Graveyard Book and Neverwhere, I thought, were just phenomenal. Of that, like, Neil Gaiman <laughs> marathon yeah. that I ran, um, those are the two that stand out to me where I was like, man, I really liked those ones. Like, I would reread them. Nice. Um, because I really did enjoy them. I think Neil Gaiman just is a great author. Um, again, back to audiobooks. I do a lot of audiobooks because um, I, I drive a lot. So... Uh, Neil Gaiman narrates the books and so he does a great job Um, I I think listening to authors narrate their own stories is hit and miss but Neil Gaiman is a definite hit he does such a good job Um, so if you again if you like audiobooks um, and you you don't have a whole lot of time to read the book book um, audiobook would do justice for this book particular I really enjoyed the graveyard book that's awesome I where I'm normally an audiobook reader, I actually read this one in okay. print. So I'll have to maybe give it a little more time and then go back and read it again. Yeah. Or, or read a different Neil Gaiman book to hear him narrate it, because that's really cool. Yeah, he does. He does a really good job. It's and it's fun. definitely hit or miss. Like, I feel like narrator, like, authors can narrate their own book if they add, like, a little bit of, like, zest and flair yeah. to it. But sometimes they just read it, like... This is how this is how yep. it is. Some t- some authors just aren't performers. That's they're so just true. they're authors. Yeah, but I feel like Neil Gaiman is he's a character uh, in in graveyard book fashion is a bit of a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> that comes around if you've read the graveyard book. That's funny. It was punny. Thank you. I did my best. <laughs> but yeah, so that's those are my spooky reads. I love it. I just you can't see it, listener, but I just did a little like hand it was rainbow. Like re- reading rainbow status. Those are my reads. <laughs> Very cheerful for Halloween. But yeah, so I I don't I just love horror books. I feel like this is a fun topic and it's always very fitting to do around Halloween. So mm-hmm. 
I'm glad that I got you into this. Yeah. That you've well, read some new stuff. Funny enough, for somebody who I'm like, man, I'm not really into horror, I've read two of the three that you talked about. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so it yeah. was like, oh. And I intrigued you with the you third. You did. Yes, you definitely did. Fun. So. Anybody can be Anybody can be a horror fan. You just got to try it. Yep. Well, thank you so much for listening. Happy Halloween. Happy Have Halloween. a wonderful and safe and fun time tonight. Yes. This has been Caroline. And Danielle. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.